Abel Taylor, trapped beside the witch, her knotted fists both flailing, would be enough to shift the crowd from warming up their fingers on the witch fire. Some started, staggered off towards the breach. Some battered at the high gates of the factory, crying out for firemen, fetching water, ladders, axes, but others stayed put, for the sights of Ruby proved to them they had been right about the witch, right all along, so evil that she'd let an innocent die with her, and this ignited a new passion in the crowd, spitting, hawking, swiping, calling livid curses down on ice fly, screaming at each other that the witch would get her burning. When they turned back to the window, there was no one there, just wild flame, red and gold. This is the tale of Ruby Abel Taylor, who could not cross the water, but dreamed of an easy plenty by the sea. This is the tale of three women, one witch, one mermaid, and one missing, and how Ruby was caught up in between. Chapter 1 Fly Adjective 1. Knowing, wide awake 2. Of the fingers, nimble, skillful Cradle Cross was circled round with water, and Ruby could not cross it. To the east ran Ludley Gutter, a brook that carved a broad but shallow conduit through the clay. To the north and south and west, canals curbed Cradle Cross, filthy slits of water called the Cut. Beneath the waterline, wood rotted down to slime, and wire and rusted iron. Not like the sea, where you don't know what the tide might bring. A whale, off course. A raft, a barrel full of something rare and bright. The Cut, brought barges loaded up with steel tubes, salt and coal and rivets, and two weeks before the fire that burned Horn Lane, the cot brought ice afly to Cradle Cross. The cut ran right behind Horn Lane. It kinked round at the southern end of Blicks and swelled out to a basin where the barges turned when they'd unloaded heads of Russian cows or picked up sacks of blood-bone fertiliser for the farms. The cut then narrowed and ran straight for half a mile behind the vast vaulted horn shed, behind the little row of houses, up and under Whitepole Bridge and on for Lapple. For years now Ruby hadn't dared to walk along the towpath, but she could just manage sitting above it on the top of the three steep stone steps out the back of Captain's Fried Fish Shop, with her back safely pressed against the doorframe. This night, the night the cut brought ice a fly, was hot even for July, and Ruby came out every now and then, just when the shop was quiet, and sat with Captain's best knife and a bucket, starting on potatoes for the next day. She could peel potatoes without looking down, angling the knife so when it hit her thumb it wouldn't slip into her skin, and from her top step she watched the inky shifting waters. The cut could not be trusted, and it needed watching. Captain's narrowboat, his ferret, nodded gently at its mooring. Looking left, she could see as far down as the gas lamp in the wall on Blick's kink, and right to the lantern hanging from a ring sunk in the capstone on Whitepole Bridge. Not much traffic on the cut on Friday nights. She'd worked for Captain, Fridays, Saturdays, since she was ten, and she was saving for a boat. Three years she'd stood beside him at the counter, dishing up fish suppers to the well-off women, serving out chip ends and skate knobs to the rest. The pattern of the evening every week. First off, little boys with a penny between them asking for a bag of bits. Later, courting couples wanting to share a packet so they could stand elbow to elbow. 
At closing time, the young men from the Leopard would come, taking swigs of vinegar for bets when they thought she wasn't looking. She'd want to lean across the counter with a spatula and smack their sticky fingers, shout, I saw that self Nelpas, bog off Jimmy Mail. But instead, she knew she'd look away and take her pinny to the fat, blind jar of pickled eggs and polish up the glass. That half-hour lull before the pub closed, Captain and Ruby enjoyed the easy quiet and didn't talk much while they worked. He checked the range and flicked a glob of batter in to test the fat. She scoured the counter and put out fresh grease-proof squares beside the paper, ready to wrap chips. Then Captain wiped the counter down again. "'You day as I don't trust you, Ruby. You knows that. The only way as fish fryers thrive is if we'n cleaner than a queen.' This was not the whole truth, Ruby knew. Brushed fingernails, ungritty counters, they would keep...